Hi, this is Jim Anderson with Psalm Tree Consulting, coming to you with a biblically focused business podcast, continuing our discussion on uh, ethics. And uh, this last time, um, I asked the question about whether or not we actually can do what's right and wrong. If we know what's right and wrong, can we actually do it? Um, and and so let's explore that a little bit more and see what the what the the scriptures say. But C.S. Lewis actually made the argument that you know that our reason needs to govern our passions, and because we we can't trust our passions and desires, those those are are, are things that we don't they you know that often gravitate to what we what what's not good for us and um, we need to guard our hearts as well and um, so we need to have we need to train our heart to know right and wrong and uh, so that it can become a reliable source of ethical decision making so what does the Bible say about this, well, um, there are. We can start with uh, with in the New Testament, in Matthew. Um, Jesus was was uh, uh, talking here uh, to a crowd, and uh, let's read verse sixteen and twenty. It says, "Are you still so dull?" Jesus asked them. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. You know, he was he was talking about the religious leaders here in their teachings, you know, that man is not defiled about what goes into his... He said that man is not defiled by what goes into his mouth, but he's defiled by the condition of what comes out of his mouth that's evidenced by what comes out of his mouth. And, you know, the Pharisees were wrong in thinking that, you know, that you know, washing themselves so much keeps them spiritually clean. The disciples, you know, um, told Jesus that the Pharisees were offended by what he had just said and, you know, that his words were directed against them. And he added that the Pharisees had not been planted by God. Um, and so, you know, Jesus referred to God as the Father, and they were headed for an uprooting, which, you know, would be a judgment against them. And he said to, to leave them alone, for they've made their choice, and nothing will deter them. They were blind guides, trying, you know, trying to lead blind people. And as a result, they would just simply fall into a pit. Now, Peter asked for, for some clarification on this, and Jesus said here that, you know, um, he, he kind of expanded on his statement and, and said that defilement of a person does not come from the outside. What comes from the outside is simply passed through the d- digestive system 
and then is eliminated. But what comes out of the mouth represents what's actually inside one's heart, and this can make them unclean. You know, these thoughts that are evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, you know, the, those actions and words arise from a person's evil heart. And it doesn't matter what food they eat or if they eat with unwashed hands. They're revealing that they have spiritual, um, they're spiritually unclean. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the, the things that the, the Bible says about this. Um, that we can relate to this, but what what is it um, about you know the heart here? Let's let's uh, let's take a little closer to look at that. What does the Bible say in Proverbs four twenty three about this? It says, "Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it." Interesting, uh, isn't that what just what Jesus just indicated? Um. The heart should be guarded for, because it, you know one one's actions um, reveal what's in the heart, um, and what we mean by heart here <clears throat> is the mental or emotional capacity of one's values. Their their emotional and mental and emotional capacity, which includes their values. And, um, you know, if the heart has not been trained properly, then the heart is not going to, to uh, be able to make those, to discern what is right and wrong. And that shows that they are, you know, that they're spiritually immature because they haven't been trained in what's right and wrong. And... Um, there's another passage here in Jeremiah 17, uh, verses 9 through 13. Um, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So who can understand it? If the Lord searched the heart and examined the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to their deeds, to what their dese- deeds deserve, like a partridge that hatches eggs, it did not lay. Are those who gain riches by unjust means? When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them. And in the end, they will prove to be fools. A glorious throne, exalted from the beginning, is the place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. You know, so here, um, if the ways of blessing and cursing are so clear, why wouldn't anyone choose the, the, the right way? Why would they choose the path of sin. And the cause for those actions is in the heart. It is deceitful. 
And Jeremiah wondered, you know, who could even understand that? God answered by informing Jeremiah that he can search the heart and examine the mind. God knows our innermost thoughts and our motives. And, you know, and we might try to hide from all other people, but we can't hide it from God. And so God can can justly render to us each what we deserve because he truly knows our hearts. So the, the principle of judgment was applied to those who had amassed riches by using unjust means. You know, if Partridge hatched eggs of another bird, that offspring would desert the mother and fly away. So it's like wealth that had been acquired unjustly would be taken away and the one who had been hoarding it would be exposed as a fool. So Jeremiah's solution to sin was to focus on the majesty of God. God was enthroned in his sanctuary and who chose to and anyone who chose to forsake God would be written in the dust and the possible reference of their of their um, you know the temporary nature our temporary nature as opposed to being written in the book of life you know they deserved that fate because they had abandoned God who is the spring of living water and so um, you know what would you agree with C.S. Lewis on his assessment, you know, and, uh, you know, why, why would you disagree or agree with that? Um, how should your answer affect the way you make your own choices and your own decisions? Um, you know, is it possible for us as Christian business leaders to, to retrain our hearts in our minds, um, and and to to subdue our our less than virtuous uh, desires and ambitions, and can we do that as a business leader? There is a lot of temptation as a business leader to bend rules to make things profitable in business and um you know we need to know how to think those things through so that we understand that doing the right thing will ultimately pay off for us and feel right about that because sometimes we feel like the world is beating us up and we're not able to to compete because if we do what's right, then then we get taken advantage of and we end up losing in terms of the profitability of our business. But we need to think bigger than that. And I think that that's uh, part of what this is all about. So with that, we'll continue this discussion next time. And until then, God bless.